Thanks for tuning in to the All Things Melanin Podcast. Be sure to subscribe, like this week's episode, and share with a friend. Now let's get into this week's episode. Hi, I'm Shelby. And I'm Erica. And welcome to the All Things Melanin Podcast, where your certified hype women are getting you through the week. Be sure to subscribe so you'll never miss an update. Erica. Hey, girl. What's good? What's popping? What's happening? How you feeling? Girl, I'm so glad to be recording the podcast. That's that's really all I got. I'm feeling good. Um, I feel like, honestly, this year has gone by pretty quick, honestly, because I remember um, we were talking about how the first half of the year went, and now we're already in the second half of the year. I'm just like, what is going on? Girl, I don't know. How are you feeling? What's popping? What's new? Yeah, I definitely agree. I feel like time is waiting for no one. But, you know, honestly, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling great. Looking good. Looking great. I'm blessed and highly favored. I ain't really got no complaints. But I'm good my way. And like you, I am so happy to record. But I am glad that we did take a little break, take a little hiatus to reset, refocus, and to just have some me time. Because me time is very important. Yes, and I will say, okay, the month of September is super special for us. Um, It's also super special for me just because I hit another year. Um, (laughs) I turned 35, and you know, honestly, like I was saying earlier this year, I had really been, like, I struggled with, like, grieving, loss, and all of that kind of stuff, and so then when I'm... when we reached the second half of the year, I was like, look, you about to turn 35. What are you doing? And I got kind (laughs) of nervous if I can be honest about it. But one of my friends gave me a really good idea, which I did. And it was to journal like how far you've come the past five years. Right. And (laughs) once I look at it that way, because I feel like I just turned 30 and then like, where did those five years go? But, um, it was really good to just sit back and reflect on those past five years, how far I have come. And then also I'll probably do the same for the next five years. So speaking of five years, it is also all things Melanin's fifth and I mean, fifth birthday, blog anniversary, anniversary, whatever we want to call it. (laughs) Woo! It's a party. It's a party. It's a party. (laughs) yes so um I can't believe it's been five years I really can't like I just said time just be flying so we'll get into how we feel about that once we get to our journey session or section um so let's go ahead and jump into this show uh first segment of the day is our dating and relationships Here we go. (laughs) So, Shelby, have you ever shot your shot with a guy? If yes, how did it go? If not, why not? So, yes, I actually have. (laughs) So, I've only really shot my shot, like, once. I feel like the remainder of the times that I've ever talked to a guy or dated a guy, like, um, he came at me or he slid in his DMs. But there was one occasion that I did shoot my shot. So let me take you back, 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 back a couple years. The year was, I don't know, but I do know that I was an undergrad at UTA. And so me and all of my friends, we used to go um, 
to this church that was very close to us. And so there was this really, really cute dude that I noticed. And I would tell my friends like, oh, you know, this dude is cute. He's so cute or whatever. But you know, like, how do you spit game at somebody that's in church? Because obviously we would either leave right after church or we would leave during the offering. So there was really no time to chat. I didn't know that I had, I did not know this person. I had never run into him. So I devised the plan to shoot my shot. Here's what I did. I actually wrote him a note (laughs) and I put my number in the note. And I remember the day that I was supposed to do it, I chickened out (laughs) and my homegirl, Bobby, I'm gonna call her out. My homegirl, Bobby, we get outside and she was like, well, basically she was like, you chickened out. You didn't give him the note, yada, yada, yada. And I said, bit. So I turn around, I go back in church. I tap that young man on his shoulder and I give him the note. And I was like, you know what? It's out of my hands (laughs) at this point. And so the note just, I don't even know what I said on the note. It was nothing like deep, but I just think I said my name. Um, I just said like maybe a one or two paragraph sentence and I put my number. And you know what? He actually called me (laughs) and we actually chatted for a little bit and got to know each other for a little bit. But it didn't end up going anywhere, but that is the story about how your girl shot her shot at church. So overall, I think that it went really well, um, but I think that sometimes if you're interested in somebody, I don't think that there's anything um, wrong with telling them if however you say it is authentic to you, and I don't regret it because I think if I hadn't done it, I would have regretted it. Have you ever shot your shot, friend? No, <laughs> I have not. Um... And the question says, if not, why not? And I really don't think I have an answer for why not. Um, Maybe it's because I just never do that, I guess. Um, I I don't want to say that I'm shy, but I also just don't really thrive in situations like that. (laughs) Like, more so like the person that I don't normally approach people in general. So it's not even really, you know, for towards a guy could just be in general so just like my social anxiety just ain't on point where I'm usually going to approach anyone anyway so especially if I saw someone that I thought was fine or that was cute I'll probably just admire from afar like some dudes do me and I'd be like why are they staring I'm kind of uncomfortable but that but it makes me think like some guys that don't shoot their shot and and ladies we be thinking like why you didn't shoot your shot like I was standing right there like I put you in a position to shoot it like but you still didn't do it I think some guys go through that fear of rejection too so I don't know if why not is like oh well I don't want to seem like you know I'm trying too hard or um I don't know I guess I'm too much in my head about it to actually do it but then also I don't really remember any times that I have been anywhere recently where that was possible for me to do. Cause honestly, y'all, I don't really be out here in positions to be shooting my shot at people. <laughs> like I'd be at the grocery store, um, church or let me tell you this funny story. My mom almost shot her shot at somebody for me <laughs> yesterday. So I called my mom and she was like, so I was at the grocery store <laughs> and I was like, I was like, okay. And she was like, so I saw this really cute, like younger guy, but she was like, and um, 
I didn't I didn't ask for his number for you or anything, but I did look in his basket to see what he had to see if he was like buying stuff for single people (laughs) or was he buying stuff for like a family? (laughs) And I was like, well, what was he buying? Why was she naming me the the things that he had in his cart? But she was like, well, I just really couldn't tell how old he was or how young he was. She was like, but she had me crying when she said that I looked in his cart to see what he had to understand, like, if he was possibly single or not. But she said from what she saw, he was single. So I said, Ma, why you didn't slide my number in the basket or something? Like, she was like, girl, I was not going to do that. But he was cute. But, again, I've never put myself in a position to shoot my shot directly. If mm-hmm. I do think someone's cute and I want to have a conversation, then I, I mean, I don't know. I guess I got, that's something I could work on, you know, because yeah. I know ne- you never know who you can meet by just simply approaching someone. Now, if somebody approached me, I can definitely have a conversation with them. I don't mm-hmm. even have to think you cute. I think we could just talk and have a conversation. That's it. But the opposite, yeah. I think it's just me being an introvert, to be honest. <laughs> Yeah. And you know what else I found? I feel like a lot of times, like to your point, I think that guys just get really nervous. So I think that they sometimes need like a little encouragement that it's okay. So I know you say that you've never shot your shot with anyone, but have you ever like had the urge or wanted to? Um, in person, no, but on like social media, yeah like slide in the DMs, but I never actually like slid in the DMs to where like you did like your cute note and like left your number. Like I've never done anything like that on a DM. You know what I mean? I've probably like put some fire emojis or (laughs) or smiley face to the story or something like that. But I don't really consider that shooting a shot. But um, I think that what you were saying about guys need a little encouragement. I think that that is true. And especially as females, we show up in a pack. So imagine how intimidating that is for a guy. If he sees one of you that he really likes or is interested in, how is that going to be? He walk up to a pack of, of girls, you know, that's kind of intimidating. So I think it is important if you're like me and don't really have the courage to shoot your shot, find a way to put yourself in a position to, for him to do it. If that makes sense. That makes sense. So it's like, um, I got all the answers, but I ain't never did it. But you know what? Maybe next podcast, I will let y'all know (laughs) if I have done it or not. Because I will tell you, friend, one of my friends invited me to a singles mixer. And I'm very nervous about it because to me, you kind of got to be open and in that environment to talk. to. I can't just stand on the wall and hope somebody comes up and has a conversation with me. So that'll be a challenge. And I will keep you posted. If I text you and say, send help, <laughs> you already know what that means. All I can do is call you. I'm like two and a half hours away, but I'll call you. <laughs> send help. <laughs> All right, let's keep it moving to our next segment, which is the journey. This is where we are going to talk about our brand, All Things Melanin, turning five years old. Y'all, we've been doing this for five years. We've been on the grind for five years. Mm-hmm. Um, so Shelby, a couple of questions for the both of us. So first I'm going to ask you is we turn five. How do you feel? Honestly, I feel like so happy and elated and excited and ecstatic. I don't have children, but I feel like all things melanin 
essentially is my baby because I feel like when we started it, we started it from scratch. So we had to birth it, we had to feed it, and we had to allow it to grow. And so honestly, I am just so first and foremost happy that we made it to your five and we're still friends. Turn up. And second, um, I'm just really excited that we were able to bring our creativity together to um, create something for us, by us, that is something that is positive in the lifestyle media podcast uh, realm. Because I feel like sometimes podcasts get a bad rep because, you know, some people get on podcasts and they just be reckless. But I think that we've been very intentional with what we say, what we do, and who we have on our platform and how it is um, projected to people. And so honestly, just the way I'm feeling, I'm just so excited and happy that we have been able to stick to it and, you know, have a brand that, like I said, is a reflection for us and by us. How do you feel, friend? What you feeling? Um, A lot of those same emotions, obviously. Um, I'm actually really proud of how far we have come from year one to now. Um, I can definitely see the growth within our brand, but also within us as what we decided we wanted to do as far as us sticking to that, sticking to our why and just, you know, to piggyback off what you were saying is being intentional about our platform. And I think that that's really important because anytime you start a brand, you may have all of these ideas and you put it out there and then you start seeing other people and then you and then it's so easy to try to compete with other platforms and then try to change what you got going on to right. you know what with the joneses to be to be frank but i think for us we never did that we stuck to our guns we stuck to why are we doing this we stuck to the um positive vibes that we have even with so much going on in the world we were still able to keep our light and airy and funny and faith-driven platform out there, but still be able to pivot in those places and find out what works and what doesn't work. So I just feel very proud of us that we stuck to our guns. We stuck to our standard for our brand. And so I would just say I'm really, really proud. And I honestly can't believe it's been five years, like I said earlier. Right. I <laughs> so feel like my next has... question for Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, I feel like it has literally like just flown by. I feel like we just literally started and then we woke up and it was year five. Yeah. And I think it's because we actually enjoy what we do for this. Mm-hmm. Um, and so time flies when you having fun being creative. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, what has building a brand from scratch taught you? Honestly, uh, I feel like building a brand from scratch has really taught me a lot. I think some things that I've learned is that it's not going to happen overnight. Um, I've learned that it's like a little, that it's a lot of hard work um, and sometimes long hours and long nights because just because your idea is good or it's great or what you're doing is amazing. I've learned that it takes like consistency and discipline to continue to show up when nobody really knows about you at first or nobody knows about your platform or people aren't clapping and um, maybe sharing your things. So I think that took a while for me to get over. But I think for me, I had to learn that our job as creatives 
um, is to A, be authentic to ourselves and to our why and to our mission and to put our craft out into the world to be a light, to be motivation and inspiration, and that it's going to find who it's supposed to find. And I think building a brand from scratch reminded me that you have to put in the time and the work to get where you want to go. I think so many times, you know, we see a lot of, you know, people um, that are podcasting or in media or creators or whatever the case may be, it seems like they blew up overnight. And you know, there are a small percentage of people that actually do blow up overnight. But if you really look at your favorite creatives um, or your pod- or your favorite podcasters or media people or whatever the case may be, they have put years and years and years of blood, sweat, and tears into that. So I think that I had to learn um you know, to continue to be disciplined and consistent when I did not feel like it. And I think that I've actually also had to learn how to just zone in on our brands and know when to, you know, keep going, but also know when to evolve um, with the times or evolve as we change, evolve as we go through things. I think one of the lessons that another lesson that I learned about our brand is that, you know, when we first started All Things Melanin, we were at completely different points in our life. And so where we started is, and so that's very similar to where our brand was. I felt like we were really just kind of starting out in life and kind of figuring out what, what, who we were, what we were, and just navigating this thing called life. And I think as the brand evolved, I think what building a brand brand from scratch taught me about our brand and just about me and you personally is that it's okay to change. It's okay to evolve just as long as you stay true to your why and you stay authentic to yourself. Amen. I would say all of the above. Um, But then also building a brand from scratch has taught me that um, being organic, being authentic is harder, right? So it's like when you're still trying to put your idea out there, we were still kind of trying to figure out what we're doing, which also taught me because we have opened up our platform to start interviewing other people that are uh, building their brands. It taught me that everybody out here trying to figure it out. That's really what it is. Like when you put your vision out there, you don't, you're not automatically going to know what's going to happen. You're not automatically going to stick to probably your original plan and you're not going to know everything and everything. You're going to be constantly figuring it out, constantly changing, constantly pivoting until you find your niche. Another thing that um, starting from scratch has taught me is that there is a lane for us. So anybody out there building a brand or trying to build one from scratch, there is a lane for you too. Because honestly, when you first start something, in, my, in the back of my mind, I was like, you know what? A lot of people got a blog. A lot of people got a podcast. And maybe people get discouraged on thinking, well, man, it's oversaturated. Like, who going to listen to my little blog? Who going to listen to my little podcast? But honestly, building the brand from scratch, you you are able to find out how your brand can reach people and what sticks out differently about that. So I think that it taught me that, hey, there is a lane for us because we're thriving in this lane. And I think We've said this plenty of times when we first started. We really felt like we didn't see a platform like us um, as far as two black girls trying to encourage other women to build their brand and do whatever it is that they want to do. So I think that's what I would say is what it's taught me, along with everything else that you said, obviously. (laughs) Um, And so looking back, is there anything you would have done or wanted to do differently? Um, I think in hindsight that 
I would want to say yes, but like knowing what I know now and seeing all of the progress and the success that we've had with our brand, I would say no. I think that everything had to happen as it did. And I think that all of the decisions and everything that we've done up until this point had to happen in order for us to get to here now. And I wouldn't have done anything differently because I don't think our journey has been about being perfect. I think our journey has been about being open, honest, and transparent about us building our brand from scratch. So for every you know thing that we messed up or maybe didn't do right or didn't go as planned, I'm glad that it happened because A, we were able to be open, honest, and transparent with our community, um, but we were also able to learn and to grow from it. So no, I wouldn't do anything differently. Would you? No. Same here. I wouldn't because like you said, it. I think what we've learned about trying to achieve a goal or a dream or success, like those are the things that were, we were meant to learn right. um, as we started building from scratch. So no, I wouldn't change anything differently. Um, I've had, this has been a great run, a great ride. Um, and like I've said before, five years has flown by. So cheers to another five. <laughs> Um, so what are you looking forward to in year five? Honestly, Fred, if I'm being honest, I'm really looking for us to turn it up a notch or a couple notches in a lot of, uh, areas of our life. I think one thing that you have probably figured out, and if you haven't figured out is Erica and I are both creative, but we're creative similarly, but we're also creative in different ways. So in year five, I'm really looking for us to turn it up, um, in, um, sharing, you know, um, our content and our lives, but also, you know, continuing to be open and honest and transparent about the journey that we're on as we're evolving um, and growing. Um, I'm looking forward to continuing to encourage and motivate, um, particularly women and women of color, but anybody that comes across our podcast and really continue for our brand to be um, a light inspiration and motivation. I'm looking forward to sharing more um, people's stories. I'm looking forward to continuing to educate and to network and to connect with people. And I'm really looking forward to seeing all things melanin continue to grow and prosper and to continue to see like essentially our baby continue to thrive what about you what are you looking forward to in year five same thing um (laughs) um but I definitely of course everything that you said and then the only thing I can add is just continuing to bring people along with us and being able to be that platform for other brands or other entrepreneurs other black women entrepreneurs black men people of color and being that place where people can you know talk about their business or talk about their journeys and their um their challenges their successes and you know I think that's what it's really all about is that once you put something out there and you have quote-unquote made it to a specific point to bring other people up with you it's so I think I'm definitely looking forward to doing more of that, interviewing more people, putting more people out there, um, networking, engaging. Um, I would, I know that we have some ideas that we want to revisit. That's going to be really cool for year five and going forward. Um, and I definitely really enjoy like our whole brand refresh. We're just more brighter. We're more blackity black. Like we (laughs) are really evolving and coming into our own 
as women, but then also coming into our own as a brand slash company. So that's what I would say. So I just would just, again, cheers to five. Five years old. Wow, that's like kindergarten age, ain't it? Okay. Yeah, I don't know. You can tell we ain't got kids because we don't know what grade that is. that a grade? Like, I don't know. But cheers to yeah, your five friends. Like, toast. <laughs> yes, toast. I feel like when we drop all things milling off at school, we're going to cry. Um, but... <laughs> all right, let's keep it moving to our mentor moment segment. So, this is when Shelby and I will give our advice. Um, based on a letter that was sent to us. So the letter reads, Hi, Erica and Shelby. I need your advice. I've been at my current job for about two years. I'm very comfortable at my job and I'm very good at it. However, I'm feeling kind of stuck. I feel like there's no room for advancement. I'm really bored with my day-to-day job duties and I want more. As I'm looking for a new job, what do you think I should look for in a new employer and job? Yeah. So first and foremost, hey girl, hey, I have been here before and I know exactly how you feel. And I feel like you're more than likely kind of in this job slump. And I feel like when you get to this point where you're bored or you can't grow or you can't benefit from your company, then it's time to go. So I'm so glad that you recognize that because I have seen and heard about people who stay at their job and they hate it and they do nothing about it. And I think that life is too short to stay at a job that you do not like. One thing that I always think about jobs like this is that like, I tell, I, me and Erica had this conversation the other day and I was telling her, I was like, I am not available for anything that is not mutually beneficial for me. That's in friendships, that's in relationships, and that's in my job too. So I feel like if you get to the point where you don't like your job or you don't enjoy your job, it's time for you to start looking for a new job and, t- and start time for you to start plotting to, you know, find something new and something that's going to better serve you. Uh, And it sounds like your job is no longer mutually beneficial for you. So I remember um, a couple years ago when I was looking for a new job, um, you know, it was kind of, it was a little difficult and it was a little hard because if you think about it, like, you know, when we get pushed into the world from college or trade school or right out of high school, you know, a lot of times, We were told, you know, you'll find a job and you'll stay there for 30 or 40 years like our parents did. But that's not the way of the world uh, anymore. Like the average time that people stay on jobs now are about one to three years on average. And that's not. That's what I found when I was looking it up. But I think that here here are my suggestions when I was on the job hunt. This is what I looked for in an employee. First and foremost, I stalked whatever interview or job or employer I had online, I stalked them on social media. Like I looked at their, like I looked at all of their social media. I looked at their Facebook. I looked at their Twitter. I looked at their Instagram. I looked at their LinkedIn and I looked at their glass door because one thing glass door is going to do is tell the truth. So look on there and look at the reviews. And I went through and I looked at their website and I read through their about me. I looked at their employees because you know, for me being a black woman, I wanted to see, okay, is this place inclusive? Like what do other people that look like me? So I would just go through and I would look at their site and I would just gather all of the information, you know, that I couldn't, if there's somebody that you can chat with or talk to that works there, that is really good. I would definitely say that after you do all that, if you get an interview, 
come to the interview with questions because I think a lot of people just answer their questions and you get off the phone. No, this needs to be mutually beneficial. So you need to come with some questions to ask them. I would definitely say have like three or four questions that you can ask them, you know, maybe about their company culture, about their experience at the company. Um, maybe ask them, okay, like if given this opportunity, what are some first, what are some things that you expect from me in the first 30 to 60 days, like have an engaging conversation with them, ask about the company, ask about anything that's important to you and that you would really want to know. I would definitely say also whatever the job is, a lot of employers like to ask, um, what are your salary expectations? So look up the salary, get on Glassdoor, look on LinkedIn salary, look on salary.com and see what people are saying the salaries because you don't want to get shortballed and you don't want to say a price that is too short and they short change you. I would definitely say as far as other things to look for in a job that I found that were important to me that may be important to you. I wanted to know about company culture. For me, if a company says we're like a family, that's like a red flag because y'all are not like a family. Y'all about to try to work me like a slave and that's not cute. So I always paid attention to what they said and how they say it. I also look at their uh, their PTO policy. Am I only getting 10 days off and you're working me like a slave? Or do I have more flexibility, you know, to go to doctor's appointments or to take a mental health day and things like that? Really, you know, look into and try to dig into their policies. And as you have conversations with people, see if you can chat with somebody that's not the recruiter, like somebody that's actually actively doing, you know, what you want to do. And then just some other things that I would just take into account as you're looking for a new position. I would sit down and write down, like, what do you want to do? And then after you write down the type of role that you want to do, write down all the skills you have, get on LinkedIn and look up people who have that same title and see what type of skills they have. And then try to make your resume fit into that. Because a lot of times we have transferable skills and we don't even realize it. So I think as you get ready to go on this journey to finding a new job and finding an employer, I think it's very important that you get crystal clear on like who you are and what you want from an employer so that it can be mutually beneficial because jobs will use you. So you essentially have to use them too. Like it has to be mutually beneficial. So decide what you want, um, decide what type of organization you want to work in, um, what type of industry you want to work in, what type of things you want to do day to day, and then start tailoring your resume around those things. And then as far as perks, decide what type of perks are important to you. Is unlimited vacation important to you? Is flexibility important to you? Is remote being able to work remote important to you? These are all questions that you should ask and that you should get crystal clear. And just make sure that when you're interviewing with an employer that you're asking them questions too. Because one thing that I learned the last time I interviewed is that it should be mutually beneficial. Like we both should be getting something out of this transaction. What about you, friend? Sorry, that was a long answer, but that's my answer. Yeah, I really don't have anything else to add. Um, but Sorry. no, I would say I can come from the pers- no, I can come from the perspective of in the meantime because honestly, job seeking and job hunting can take a long time. It could take forever. It could take six months on average. So, yeah. what I would say is what I've learned personally is that first of all, a closed mouth don't get fed. So while right. you're at your current job. 
and you're saying, you know, you feel comfortable, you feel, you know, that you're very good at it, but you just feel stuck. I would recommend if you haven't done it already is talk to your employer about other opportunities within that company, because sometimes Mm -hmm. there are opportunities that we don't know about and that the employer doesn't know that you might be interested in or have strong suits in that area. So if you are there and you really actually love your employer or like them, or you think you can stay a couple of more years, talk to someone about other opportunities first or while you are still searching for external jobs. Uh, Another one would be um, also research the career path that you're trying to go and what that requires. Um, Because if, for example, they require certifications when you get to a certain senior level, make sure that you put yourself in the position to start signing up for those courses or maybe looking for jobs that will um, compensate you for taking those courses things like that, just kind of thinking proactively on your career path, because you do not want to just apply, 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 apply for random jobs just to get out of the job that you're at and then end up two years later in the same predicament wanting to move on. So I would just say be intentional, stay consistent um, with applying and then use your resources. And so like to, to what Shelby said is make sure that you continue to update your resume, have somebody review your resume, have somebody look Mm -hmm. at it, go on LinkedIn and see if there are any professional resume reviewers or something, because they know how, um, as recruiters, they would know what the keywords are when you're submitting those resumes online. Like just do as much as you can proactively while you're still at your new job, but then also making sure that, um, you're, you're utilizing the resources that you currently have there. So that's all I would add to that and girl I'm looking for a new job too um but <laughs> if, if you have a question out there that you would want us to answer please send us an email to all things melanin tv at gmail.com or slide in our dms on ig at all things melanin underscore underscore all right to close the show we're gonna leave you guys with the words of encouragement so Shelby you want to go ahead and take this yeah, so our words of encouragement come from Luke 16.10, um, and we've actually read this one before, but since this is our anniversary episode, I just felt like I wanted to read it again because I feel like it's really relevant. So Luke 16.10 says, if you are faithful in the little things, you'll be faithful in large ones. But if you're dishonest in little things, you won't be honest with greater responsibilities. So when I read this, um, and I let this marital man on my soul, I actually read this uh, Bible verse quite often. Um, And for me, I think it really resonates with me. And I think that a lot of people can relate because I think that sometimes um, God puts dreams um, and visions and and ideas in our head. And I think that for me, a lot of times um, I can see the end result. I can see what it looks like when everything pops off. I can see what it looks like when God shows up and shows up. I can literally visually see and touch the dreams that God has put on my heart. And I think that sometimes that when we get these ideas and we get these dreams that we just want to go big automatically, but life don't work like that most of the times. And I think that this is just really just a reminder that it's okay to start small. It's okay to start where you are because I think that sometimes we forget that a lot of times when we're starting small, that's where we build the foundation of whatever we're trying to do. That's where we learn. That's where we network. That's where we connect with people. And that's where we make mistakes because if you think about wherever God's taking you, 
you need to be ready when you get there. And I think that we have to remember that there's beauty in progress. There's beauty in putting in the work. There is beauty in putting in the work to get where you want to go. So I just want to remind everybody, no matter what it is, don't be embarrassed or ashamed to start small because everybody had to start somewhere and everybody had to build whatever they were doing brick by brick. Like I heard somebody say this uh, a few times that it takes 10 years to become an overnight celebrity. So I want to encourage you not to be too hard on yourself because God knows that when he puts the idea in your head that you're going to have to start out small, that you're going to have to take baby steps. And he likes that. He encourages that because at the end of the day, God has to see that you're going to be faithful in the little things. So can you be faithful when nobody is listening? Can you be faithful when nobody is reposting you? Can you be faithful when nobody is supporting you? Can you be faithful when you're not popping like other people are? Can you be faithful when you don't get recognized at church, when you don't get recognized at the event, when people say your little side business? Can you be faithful in the little things? And if you can be faithful in the little things and you can show yourself discipline and you can show yourself consistent and you can show yourself faithful, you will be amazed at how God will show up and show out for you and allow you to accelerate to where he has you and wants you to go. Yeah, the only thing I would add to that is what it makes me think about is if we all think about it and we take time to reflect on the quote unquote little things that we've asked God for or believed God for, we have them right now. We're standing in them. We're we're driving them. We're, you know, we're working for them. You know what I mean? So I think it's just the little things, what I feel like it's a faith test. So God could just be testing our endurance. He could just be testing our perseverance. He could be testing, are we doing a heart check? Like, are we really doing this to glorify him? Are we really doing this for the kingdom? Or are we doing this for our flesh? Because we want to look cute on, you know, social media or whatever. So I think also what I've been learning for myself is even if I consider something a little thing versus a large one, that I'm going to just continue to start claiming those larger things as if I already have them. And I feel like that that is what makes God go into work. You know what I mean? Like when you already, if you're wanting a new career, you're already thanking him for that new career. Or if you're wanting a new relationship, you're already thanking him for that new relationship. So that's what I would add and what that means to me. I think that's the word. And I think we can go ahead and close this thing on out. So Close your eyes, bow your head. If you're driving, do not close your eyes. Do not bow your head, sway with it, and keep your eyes on the road. Here we go. Heavenly Father, we come to you as humble as we know how. First and foremost, I have to ask you for anything, but to thank you for everything. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your kindness. Thank you for your peace. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for allowing all things melanin to be able to celebrate and turn Thank you for the vision. Thank you for the dream, Lord Jesus. And I just pray that as we continue on this journey, that you will allow us to encourage, to motivate, and inspire anybody that comes across us. We pray for each and every person that has taken time out of their day to listen to this podcast. We don't know what they're going through. We don't know what they're enduring, Lord Jesus, but we know that you do. So I pray that you would cover them. I pray that you would keep them. I pray that you would just continue to bless them in all areas of their life. I pray that you would make a way out of no way for them, Lord Jesus. 
I pray that you would allow their dreams and their visions to come to life. I pray that they can see it as plain as day. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you protect them as they go out into the world, Lord Jesus. I pray that they know that they are loved, that they that they matter, and that they are more than enough. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen.